going, everybody? This is Joey of Underage Packers. We got a really exciting lineup for you today on the Underage Packers podcast episode. Who knows what? Somewhere in the 60s, we're in off-season mode. People joining me, as always, is my great co-host of the show, Big B. What is going on? We're, we're back with another episode. That's an exciting intro right there. Uh, first off, we got an exciting guest joining us today, the draft expert the youngest draft expert alive nico or elite takes on tiktok he's been pumping out a bunch of draft videos on draft prospects pretty much uh since the start of the month he's been pumping out one or two or three every single night uh and just last week he got noticed by one of his favorite uh draft prospects of his favorite school miami uh brevin jordan so we had a great chat with him about the draft and uh later we'll be talking about the Corey lindsley developments the jj watch watch and everything Packers that we have been thinking about at 2 a.m. this week. But let's throw it first to our interview with Nico. Joining us now on the Underage Packers podcast, someone I'm really excited to talk to. And I have to say that a lot of times just to... Uh, put up a, a company man front, but I'm actually really excited to talk to this person. He's smarter than Mel Kuyper. His mock drafts are more accurate than Daniel Jeremiah's, and he's in the same grade as us. He just passed second grade just like us. Please welcome uh, Nico. Is that what you like to be called? Yeah, sure. You can call me that. And thank you so much for having me. Perfect. No problem. I, uh, you know, we saw you, uh, your Brevin Jordan video. If you haven't seen it yet, go to his account on TikTok, uh, Elite Takes. So you've been pumping out a lot of these draft videos on TikTok, uh, which is a really interesting place for pumping out content. We we'll, 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 might get to that a little bit later. And you, um, one of them specifically was of Miami tight end Brevin Jordan. Uh, you know, and I only heard of him because, you know, Big B, his Instagram page, he posts <laughs> all the Packers pre-draft visits. So I see Big B, he's posting that the Packers have a pre-draft visit with Brevin Jordan. And then I go on TikTok. And the first thing I see is your video uh, that he noticed. So I guess, wow. uh, describe, uh, how, what, what was, uh, that like for you? Um, just, just incredible. Probably mm-hmm. the coolest moment of my life. I get on TikTok, and I assume someone just commented on my video or something. And then it says yeah. Revan Jordan created a duet <laughs> with you. And I was like, Oh my goodness. That's my favorite player in college football. Yeah. And I, I just threw that review together. Um, on a Monday night and mm-hmm. because I know that there are probably more important guys to talk about, but I'm just so passionate about his potential. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I've been watching him for so long and, and just to see a guy who's about to be an NFL player, take the time to watch my video mm-hmm. and then put it out on his account and try, you know, to help me get some recognition. I mean, it was yeah. incredible. So, I mean, I guess let's talk about that. I do hope, uh, Miami drafts them. Do they have a need at tight end specifically? Um, they do have Mike Gesicki, mm. who I I do think should be our tight end for the time being, unless you want to throw Kyle Pitts in there. But yeah. you know, I think that he, there are definitely a lot of teams that could use a receiving threat coming out of the tight end slot, like Brevin. Mm-hmm. You know, the one time uh, that so. I, I don't typically look too much into the draft, but I, I've, I guess I've never really told the story on here that in 2017, we had just lost to Carolina. It was the year that Aaron Rodgers got injured. Me and Bigby will talk about that later in this episode, but it was the first game Aaron Rodgers was coming back. 
we had to win this game to have like a 5% chance at the playoffs. If we lost it, we'd have a 0% chance. So we end up losing that. I'm feeling really dejected. And I post after it, second round draft or first round draft picks. And it's a picture of Josh Jackson. The Packers draft him next May as a second rounder. And he turns out to be a giant bus. So uh, hopefully that's not the same uh, with Brevin, even if he doesn't end up getting drafted by uh, the Dolphins. Uh, so today we'll be talking with you about just because me and Big B haven't uh, prepared too much about the draft. We'll talk about uh, some prospects that you have. I want to talk uh, about some out of these uh, out of the box, out of the uh, first round names that you might not hear. Because I, I see you post uh, quite a few of those on your page as well. Um, so I, I guess one prospect that I'm really interested in is Amon Ra St. Brown, just because um, I, I don't watch too much college football, but the Packers do have a wide receiver, uh, his brother on the team. Equinemius. Yes, Equinemius, their family. I don't know what's going up with their names there, but <laughs> two really talented wide receivers. And, I, you know, if EQ was like a star on this team, I know it'd be the most annoying Packers offseason of all time because it would be we got to get his brother if we're if we don't, we're failing. Uh, but what do you think of Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC? I think the Amon Ross St. Brown, he's a projected second rounder, but I truthfully do think the spot the Packers are in, what is it, pick 30, pick 29? Pick 29, yeah. I think that that's a spot where Amon Ross could definitely be worth considering taking. I mean, he is what I would say great footwork, great route runner he always seems to be open you know he's a smart receiver he finds the holes in the defense maybe not like a true speedster or the guy that's necessarily excellent in space but he can really do everything you need him to he has the complete route tree similar to you know a receiver on your team but yep yep um i i really do think that he he's six one and i know that that's not an exceptional size for a receiver but he really does have solid hands and he can high point balls and pull them down. That's not really a concern to me. And yeah. honestly, if you want a comparison, I think that he does remind me a bit of Keenan Allen. Oh, so that, I know that that's the ceiling there, but uh, the way he plays also, I would say he's kind of similar to Robert Woods way, but you know, we'll just have to see, but that's really what he reminds me of and what I think about him. Yeah, it will be really interesting to see how the Packers uh, attack the wide receiver position this offseason. I know a lot of people think they're going to try to make a run at Will Fuller or Allen Robinson. I don't see that happening uh, just because I feel confident with their three starters right now. I think they take one just to add depth so we don't have a week four situation against the Falcons again where we have Malik Taylor as our starting wide receiver. <laughs> uh, but, Bigby, what do you think? Uh, what a, a Monterey St. Bount, more of a physical guy, uh, a great route runner that, you know, you have the compliment of MVS as a great speedster. Uh, what would you think of adding a receiver like Amon Ra? Um, well, I clearly don't know anything about him. Really, <laughs> that he's EQ's brother, mm-hmm. but I would I would love to have him in the offense. See what Matt Lafleur can do with him. Definitely mm-hmm. could probably see him. I don't know if he's a physical receiver or not, but t- kind of take over for Alan Lazard eventually yeah. at some point. If um, I'm trying to say, I don't know. I'm trying to say something, but yeah. yeah. 
of it, you know, if he give him some time to develop. Uh, and then you have so a, a great wide receiver core there, in my opinion. Obviously, you got to take into consideration that uh, both Marquez Valdez-Scanling and Devontae Adams are coming up on a contract year. I'd be shocked if they don't get Devontae. But MBS is just a player that they typically uh, don't re-sign uh, just because, of, you know, a second contract for a wide receiver like that. Um, so, Nico, what do you think? Uh, I guess let's get more back to the first round here. Um, you know, the whole Trevor Lawrence, I've heard his name since he was a senior in high school, which is insane. Um, I, I guess I'll just ask you, what do you what does he do so well? Because, you know, a lot of people, they see him in the headlines. They see him on the, the talk shows. But what does Trevor Lawrence really do so well? Well, I think that the best way to describe him is he he really has no flaws. Mm. He's unbelievably accurate. He has an incredible arm, incredible size. And um, I don't know if you guys saw the Ohio State versus Clemson game two years ago. Obviously, the play that caught everyone off guard when he absolutely burned the Ohio State secondary for a 66-yard touchdown. And now we're just talking about a guy who can torch defenses with his arm and a guy that can definitely get the yards that you need by scrambling. So I really don't think that there's a weak point to his game. Is there any uh, quarterback this uh, just from out of college that you've ever seen? um, uh, Not that you've been covering the draft since Peyton Manning, uh, but has there (laughs) in the last few years, has there ever been a quarterback that has been this good out of college? No, I I don't think so. The last guy that I think would – even compared to the level of hype and just being such an obvious number one overall pick was Andrew Luck back in 2012. But, you know, obviously there's been the Baker Mayfield, the Kyler Murray. I don't think that they were anywhere near the level that Trevor Lawrence is at coming out of college. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting because you look back at these number one picks and it's almost like if I was a GM, I mean, there's a lot of differences between me and a general manager, but if I was a general manager, I would trade out of that number one pick every single time because it seems like wow. uh, only one in five really live up to the potential, or maybe there's just too much over expectation for those number one picks. Um, there's two other quarterbacks in this draft that are talked about pretty highly, actually quite a few. Uh, so I guess I'll ask you in the top three quarterbacks, you got Trevor at one. Uh, what would you rank as number two and three? I think, in my opinion, the two guys that really separate themselves from the rest of the pack, if we're not talking about Trevor Lawrence, are Zach Wilson from BYU and Justin Fields from Ohio State. Uh, Zach Wilson representing BYU of Jamal Williams uh, school right there. So we'll see if he goes on the top 10. Um, and then I guess uh, talk more about the top 10 of picks. Um, there's some really interesting teams here. Dolphins uh, trading with the Texans to get pick number three. Uh, I'll ask you then. So what do you think uh, the Dolphins do with pick number three? They got pretty lucky. They're almost making the playoffs. Yeah. And then the Texans are an absolute crapshoot. So uh, who do you, what would be your ideal pick for the Dolphins at pick three? I, I really do think that we owe it to Tua to give him a chance with some upgraded weapons um but I think at pick three Panay Sewell is just Mm. too good of a prospect to pass up on if he's there if he's not I think that you definitely do consider Devontae Smith reuniting Tua with his wide receiver back in college um Mm. 
obviously a guy that doesn't really he's he's the guy that you know you don't really need the big arm for because you know he can do so much intermediate stuff great route runner can find a way to get open really anywhere on the field I also think that there's a chance they could take Jamar Chase even Mm. though they do have Devontae Parker pretty similar as receiver to Jamar Chase just physical go and get it but really my ultimate pick would have to be Panay Sewell Mm. yeah I think after the the Chiefs Colossal yeah. in the Super Bowl. People are realizing the the strength of an offensive tackle, and even you know if the Packers had made it to the Super Bowl, I think people would realize how much they were hurt by David Bakhtiari in the NFC Championship game. I mean, I Billy agree. Turner and Rick Wagner were really really struggling against Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, so let's get back to the Packers here. Uh, it will be interesting. I think they have a lot of different positions. I could really see them going with any position. Uh, at pick 29, that's not quarterback. God forbid uh, we have to get ahead. Maybe Brian Goodkins really wants to get ahead of the chase and draft Jordan Love's hair. Um, but what do you see, you know, wide receiver, cornerback? Is there a certain guy do you think fits really well with the Packers in the late round? I, I really do think that there are going to be a solid amount of wide receivers worth taking at that spot. Mm-hmm. Um if South Carolina corner J.C. Horn really fell out of the top, mm. let's say, 23, yeah. I think that the Packers should really consider making a call and trying mm. to get up to that pick and take J.C. Horn. I think he really does have the potential to be the best corner in this class. And getting a guy like him, you know, late in the first round mm-hmm. would just be so valuable. Obviously, yeah. we saw – the the weaknesses behind Jair Alexander in that secondary, um, yeah. but weaknesses you know, are uh, being plight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it would be a good idea to make a move for J.C. Horn. There aren't really too many guys that I would consider in that spot. Let's say Corey Lindsley decides to leave. I don't know if there are really too many interior offensive linemen um, that stand out to me. Besides, you know, the first two who are going to be taken in the top 15. But mm-hmm. um, you could also take a look at Rondale Moore, receiver yeah. from Purdue, almost like the polar opposite of Devontae Adams. Yeah. Not necessarily, but, you know, just Marquez Valdez-Scantling, but he's so shifty. Mm-hmm. And you guys seem to be a team that shoots for upside a lot with your draft picks. Yes. So that's the definition of a high-risk high reward type of player. Yeah. It will be interesting. Big B is there, um, I'm not going to ask you a specific player, but what positions do you think? Uh, and it all really depends on how the board fell, uh, falls, but what do you think uh, should be top of the board as far as position wise for the Packers? Um, I, I really, like you said, I could see him going any position, mm-hmm. but I really like, them to pick a corner asante mm-hmm. asante samuels oh yeah that would be a good pick i i really do believe that yeah oh. i see a lot of people saying that he's like jair alexander and you can never have too many jair alexander <laughs> yeah i agree right. yeah i think corner is probably at the top of my board too um and uh the cornerback is pretty deep class we got this year along with wide receiver as well i you know my prediction though is that we take a defensive tackle 
um, and people lose their minds just because Packer fans can never be happy with anything. I do have to ask, though, uh-huh. would you guys – do you guys think that linebacker would be a need worth addressing at pick 29? I would love it, and I – you know, I here's Zayvon Collins' name. I would love it, but I would – I've been – dying for uh, inside linebacker pick from the Packers for, for the past 10 years in the draft. So I, I really think that they just don't value it like any other organization. And, you know, the one, t- maybe they're traumatized from taking AJ Hawk at pick six. Um, oh, come on. The AJ Hawk slander. I, I, I love, I love AJ. Maybe not that high, maybe not that high, but yeah, I, I really just don't think they uh, value that. Uh, position so uh, but I do think we'll take one eventually in the draft let's wrap it up here um, we'll give uh, one more uh, Packers specific and then we'll talk a little bit about your your big board your top 10 prospects so Jordan Love uh, it's a hot topic on this yes. show, uh, because they like there is uh, nobody that's not a Packers fan can understand how much of a divide I mean people want to talk about how uh, the election divided the country. The the pit, the selection of Jordan Love is dividing Packers fans like n- nothing I've ever seen before. Me and Big B are on uh, team. Let's let it play out. According to some radio host in Milwaukee, we're just idiots that like to go to the coattails and defend every single move made by the organization. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> what do you? I, sorry for getting on that rant. But what do you think? Not only Jordan Love as a prospect. Uh, but as uh, just the selection by Green Bay? You know, obviously back last year, there were definitely some guys that I think would have made more sense. Mm-hmm. But I think that for the Packers, they must have really had Jordan Love higher on their big boards than a lot of other teams. Yeah, And I think it was really a scenario where they were just like, we have to take the best player on the board right now. And I think that's almost, you know, the comparisons to Aaron Rodgers uh, being selected under Brett Favre and Jordan Love under Aaron Rodgers, I think those are a little unfair because Aaron Rodgers was almost a situation like Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota or Jared Goffer and Carson Wentz, whereas two guys that could go number one and he ended up falling to them. However, I do think the situation where they're looking at and they're saying we have to get this guy no matter what. I think they saw that and said, okay, we're going to take Jordan Love. We'll see what flexibility this allows us in two or three years here. Um, And it will be really interesting to see. It kind of sucks this year not being able to see him in the preseason or at training camp or anything. Uh, So it will be really interesting to see what Green Bay uh, does with Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers is coming off an MVP season. So how do they go about uh, adjusting to that? So uh, finally, I want to ask you uh, your top 10 prospects on your big board. Uh, give it to the folks. And then uh, people, if they're complaining about our draft talk, we'll talk about random games from 2005 for them. So let's hear your top 10 prospects in the 2021 draft. All right. So number one has to be Trevor Lawrence. I think that Everyone can agree on that, so I won't really spend too much time elaborating there. Uh-huh. Number two on my board, Panay Sewell, offensive tackle out of Oregon. He can play guard. He can play tackle. I really do think that he could be a Pro Bowl-level offensive lineman for 10-plus years. I mean, he's just mm. a really young guy with so much promise. 
Number three, a little controversial, but I really do think Kyle Pitts is the third best player in this draft. I'm not sure if he will be taken really that close to pick three because of positional value, obviously, but yeah. you know, I do think that he can line up at receiver. So for a team that thinks they're set at tight end, I don't think it's a bad idea to take Kyle Pitts and just see what you can do there. Yeah. Um, number four and five, in my opinion, Justin Fields, quarterback from Ohio State, and then the other quarterback from BYU, home of Jamal Williams, no. Zach Wilson. Um, those are really interchangeable. Mm-hmm. It really just depends on what situation the team is in. I think Fields would be a better guy to go right away, but yeah. Wilson might have more upside. Number six, Jamar Chase, wide receiver from LSU. 19 years old, did incredible things as a freshman behind Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. He he can pull down balls like Kenny Galladay. It's as simple as that. And he also has the athletic ceiling to be a great yards after catch guy and eventually develop into a good route runner as well. Yeah, LSU has had some amazing wide receivers in the past few years. Yeah. Rashawn Slater is number seven on my board. There's a legitimate argument that he is a better offensive lineman than Panay Sewell right now. But um, I think there's more value to Panay Sewell. But Rashawn Slater is a guy that I think could come in right away and immediately, you know, just dominate his roles. Like, you know, we saw Michael Wenu and Tristan Wirfs just come in and immediately um, lock down, you know, edge rushers all game and I think that Slater could be another guy that does that type of stuff mm-hmm. um number eight and nine really interchangeable the two receivers from Alabama Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle. um you know somewhat similar receivers um but Jalen Waddle is more of a gadget guy I think he would be more for you know a creative offensive uh, mind that likes to think outside of the box and get players the mm-hmm. ball in space whereas Devonte Smith's more of your prototypical guy that can line up on the outside and, you know, get open, great hands. There's a lot to like about him. People criticize his frame, but, you know, I don't think that takes away too much from him considering um, the guys we've seen succeed with those slim builds, like Mm -hmm. um, Chad Johnson, you know, AJ Green and Calvin Ridley lately. Yeah. Um, So that would be really my comparison for Devontae Smith. And number 10 and 11, really interchangeable. Um, I know I was only supposed to give 10, but <laughs> I think Micah Parsons and Patrick Sertain are 10A and 10B. Sertain, the cornerback from Alabama, could really develop into a true cornerback one and one of the most you know valuable assets to have in the league, similar to guys like, um, let's say right now, a Marlon Humphrey or a Tredavious White, I could definitely see him um, having that type of ceiling. And Micah Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State, just an incredible athlete. Um, You know, he can rush from the edge. And um, I think he's the best linebacker in this draft. So, you know, character issues are a concern. But then again, talent-wise, he is definitely top 10 or 11 in this draft. Yeah, thank you so much, man. I really love what you're doing. Uh, and it's going to be so interesting uh, these next few years because whether it's us, uh, what, you know, the next network, next work on TikTok are doing amazing things. I love what you're doing. They're great. Yeah, so it's going to be awesome because people our age, they have, uh, they want to make this content and it's never been easier 
before you, you know, we can Definitely. start a podcast and we don't have to have some radio show to get people to listen to us. So it's absolutely awesome. Uh, keep killing it, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much. It was, it was really fun talking with you guys. No problem. Uh, thanks for your info. Thank you. Have a great night. You as well. All right, then that was a great chat, learning some more about the draft. Um, let's start off with the news with Corey Lindsley of this uh, Packers talking more. Uh, we'll see what we do in the draft with these next few weeks. Like, I just have no motivation. I used to look up all these players. I used to put so much time into it. And then I was just like, dude, why am I even doing this? <laughs> yeah, that got, last year was like my first year where I went all in and then I was like, so why, wait, why did I waste my time again on this? Exactly. I had a binder and everything and it is fun. Like that night, like, but once you get past the first five picks, it's like, dude. Okay. So it's like what everybody has been saying, like, in like, yeah, that I really don't know too much about everybody. I just like know their name. I know their college. So, it, uh, but I really appreciate, um, you know, the people that actually do the work. You don't, yes. Uh, like it's, it's so fun on draft night when you actually know everybody's name and like the rare chance that, you know, the, the prospect that your team drafted. Like I look back 2019 was a good role for me. We do, you know, I knew Rashawn Gary, oddly enough, I didn't know Darnell Savage, but I didn't, I know, I know that's weird. Um, I know, do we have, I, I did not know Elson Jenkins, but I knew Jay Sternberger. I knew Kingsley Kiki, um, I don't think I, I didn't know Ty Summers, but I knew Jace. I knew uh, Gary, obviously, and I knew Kiki, oddly enough. But that's besides oh, yeah. the point. Jace is my boy, by the way. Yes, hopefully uh, he can get it on track. Aaron Nagler actually tweeted out an interesting development about him yesterday. Uh, somebody did. asked did him. Yeah, I think he missed it because it was pretty late at night. But Nagler, he said that the concussions weren't the only reason why Jace were inactive uh, those last few weeks. And he said, that's all I'm authorized to say so i don't know if it's um i don't know you know obviously it's not covid possibly failed a drug test because i don't think they would release that information if he's not suspended but who knows all right let's get to some actual packers talk okay. though uh cory lindsley the rumors or pretty much the news that it looks like he's not going to be playing with the packers in 2020 um, and I got a little uh, rant about this. Since we need to cut Kevin King, should we cut Corey Lindsley? Because I tell you, it has the same exact uh, meaning. It does nothing. Yep. So you can stop with your Kevin King. You can stop getting under mine and Big B's skin every time yep. you say Kevin King. And then, uh, then I love, I know some people make it a joke, but some people are actually serious when they say this. Let's sign Kevin King to a one-year deal and then cut him. It's uh, interesting people out there. Interesting people out there. I just, I I, like, there's enough to say about Kevin Keene. And look, I don't want to tap back into this drama. We haven't had an episode in a while. But, you know, the Kevin Keene thing, it's like, look, sure, if you want to waste your time focusing on TJ Watt, my thing is we can look back at that and say it was horrible value at the 33rd overall pick. Uh, and sure, it would have been nice to have TJ Watt, but here's the difference of, you know, I Patrick Mahomes over Mitch Trubisky and Kevin Keene over TJ Watt. That is not in my eyes. That is not a fair comparison because 
have the Bears been to the last two conference championship games? That's that's all I have to say. If and that's the point of that is that it's not such a crucial mistake. Obviously, then it's and you have no idea what happens with Zadarius and Preston Smith. Do they end up signing him? Do they end up drafting Rashawn Gary? So don't don't. I like how it played out. In my yes. personal opinion, I like how it played out. They selected Kevin King. He could have been better. He could have stayed on the field more. Mm-hmm. I think it's foolish to blame him solely for the NFC Conference Championship loss. Let's move on to actual Corey Lindsley now. And then, wait, okay, one last one thing. One more thing about Kevin. One more thing. I feel like so many people are forgetting that Kevin King led the team in interceptions with five <sighs> interceptions yeah. just last year. He was, he was, I think he was very good last mm-hmm. year. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it would be interesting to see the fans' thoughts on him of if, if he, um, you know, if TJ Watt wasn't there. You can also make just a stronger argument for Ryan Ramchak, but who cares? Who cares? A Wisconsin boy, by the way. Again, yes, to Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Uh, but let's leave. We can leave Kevin King. We can leave TJ Watt. We can leave Ryan Ramchak in the rearview mirror. Going up, yeah. Who? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oops. All Oops. right. Now let's talk about Corey Lindsley. Let's actually get talking about it. So, rumor <laughs> not to be playing with the Packers in twenty twenty one, unfortunately. Um, and it's just like uh, I need some people to understand this. It isn't a value thing. Brian Gutekunst realizes how great of a player that Corey Lindsley is, and that's why he hasn't negotiated anything with him. If, like, he knows that Corey Lindsley is going to get paid, like paid, paid. So you have to realize you have great players. It's bigger than this year. It's bigger than just keeping a player. You keep Corey Lindsley, who knows what we're working with, with Jair Alexander and Devontae Adams next year. Who knows? And Jamal Williams this year. Of course, of course. You know, we got to get that money allocated. I mean, we're just around $20 million over the cap space right now, so we need at least to be 20 over for Jamal Williams. Get yes. that $19 million average per year deal done with the GOAT, Jamal Williams, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can calm down with your, your irritations, your riots of GOOT uh, that you like to have every single decision that is made, but then – he hits on every single first round draft pick and you're just like, what? I didn't see that. So <laughs> I love Brian Gutekunst, Corey Lindsley. Oh. Uh, he's going to get paid. It's going to be unfortunate. The Packers don't draft, have him back, but just like Aaron Jones, they've been preparing for this. It's almost like they have a plan. They drafted a Aaron Jones replacement in the sixth round. They drafted three interior offensive linemen in the sixth round of last year. Uh, we, you guys know how much both of, both of us love John Runyon from Michigan. So there's going to be a central competition next year. Who are your early bets? Uh, Big B because you know, this may, I'm not going to hold it against you, but you did say that Jake Hansen was going to win that battle uh, just, oh, yeah. just this year. I'm not criticizing that for you because, you know, that was literally our second episode when we, you know, we had to pull off a little bit of that skip Bayless, try to get some clicks. But uh, who do you think ends up coming out on top for the Packers starting center job? Yeah. Well, like, like he said, kind of bits saying Jake Hansen, but now it's starting to unbite. So I'm going to yeah, say Jake exactly. Hansen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah from Oregon kid from Oregon um 
yeah, I'll just, I'm really excited. I'm glad that we have a, a full training camp, hopefully a full training camp, hopefully a full preseason, even if there is a CBA that turns that one preseason into a regular season game. Um, there will be hopefully a, a more extended preseason to see who really can play out. I, if I had to place bets on it, I'd probably say they move Lucas Patrick over to center just because he has that experience and maybe John running that right guard to at least start the season. Uh, and then we'll see what happens from then on. So, uh, Corey, I mean, it's been a while. I, since I felt like so much love for players that are going to be leaving, um, like not even, I don't even feel this sad that Aaron Jones is going to leave. And we've talked. Oh, I'm not that. sad. I'm not sad at all that Aaron Jones is leaving, <laughs> by the way. Just saying, just, just putting that on. We've talked to the guy. We've talked to Aaron Jones, and I still feel so sad that Corey Lindsley is leaving. I mean, he has the glorious buzz cut. Um, great guy. Great, great guy, Corey Lindsley. We're going to miss him. Um, all right, though. Now let's talk about, uh, you know, we kind of recapped. Uh, we made made a video about Christian Kirksey and Rick Wagner being released, so we'll, we'll quickly recap that, and then we'll move on to uh, the the star defensive end. All right, so Packers, like we mentioned, like we've been talking about, they're trying to clear some cap space. They released both Christian Kirksey and Rick Wagner for about ten million in cap space. Um, I would ex- expect we've talked, like I said, all about how they're going to go about replacing it. Um, both of us really said the draft for offensive tackle, maybe free agency, but most likely the draft for inside linebacker again. Um, so it'll be interesting this offseason. A lot of tough decisions to be made, uh, and we're just getting started, folks. All right, uh, now let's talk about no other than the Wisconsin proud, Wisconsin homeboy, former Texan defensive player of the year, three-time winner, J.J. Watt is out there in the open. The Packers are rumored to be one of the leading three teams, baby. Woo. Yeah. Music to my ears, Crazy. Big B. Crazy. Crazy. Give us your thoughts because there's a lot of different opinions. Uh, of course, uh, the amazing Facebook comments saying anybody who wants Watt doesn't know football, which I think is a, a bizarre take. But what do you think of J.J. Uh, Watt potentially coming to the Packers? Yeah, well, of course, I think everybody would say that they absolutely love it, but I would absolutely love to have J.J. Watt on this defense, just like everybody else. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not going to be mad if he doesn't. Because exactly. I mean, J.J. Watt is like, man, I'm trying to think of a metaphor for this. It's like, you know, yeah, there's no metaphor for this, but like he wanted – we don't need him, but that doesn't mean we can't get him. I mean, our defense gets exactly, exactly. five times better when we have them. <laughs> There's a, maybe a kid at a candy store. He, all, he has all of this great candy. He has all his favorite candies. But then suddenly he sees, like, Jolly Ranchers. He sees a Hershey bar. It's like, oh, I don't need it. But I could really use that and make my experience much better. Oh, <laughs> There's... JJ watch for you we had quite a long conversation with uh Nico so we want to not make this too long big B and I though you know we have this the reason we're so close to friends the reason we have this whole podcast together is because nobody cares about the Packers like we do like nobody cares about the backup tight end 
from 2016. But Big B tweeted his name last night. Nobody cares. I was wondering literally yesterday. I was like, I wonder if Reggie Begleton was born in Canada. Like that is the stuff that is on our mind, folks. We were worrying about the practice squad wide receivers. So today we'll see. Maybe we'll do more of this in the off season of looking back at old season because our great friend uh, Dare or Dairy, I'm not sure how it's pronounced. He's Dairy, Dairy, Dairy like Melk. Stop. Apparently, he lives on a farm. Um, but Dare, he pointed out D A I R E. He lives in Scotland. He lives on some farm. He's a Packers fan. Um, and he tweeted out just remembering having some memories from the 2017 season. And that was a really monumental moment for me and Big B. That was the first losing season where we actually paid attention to the Packers. I think, you know, yep. um, 2005 was awful and I, I, 2008 was awful, but there was really never a season that me and Big B paid attention to where it was a losing season. This was really bad. 2018 was bad, but we still had Rodgers in there. And what yeah. I mean, we almost beat the two Super Bowl teams. So we wanted to take a look back at the 2017 season. I got the schedule pulled up. We're going to look back at some of these memories that we get from these score games. Um, and we'll, uh, Boy, we <laughs> uh, This was a big season for Jamal Williams, though. But Oh, yeah. Rookie year. Dominated the NFL in his rookie year. Incredible plays all over the place in his rookie year. So many memorable plays. Just yes. Ah, okay, calm down. Okay. <laughs> Snubbed from offensive rookie of the year, obviously. I know. I can't believe that. That's just what uh 2017 season. Is this even the right thing? Where are we? Come on. Come on, pro football reference. I what's going on here? All right, we're good. Okay. Three games in overtime. I did not remember that. Let's start off. Uh, you know, the week, first six games where Aaron Rodgers is there doesn't matter. We fin- We were four and one. The Cowboys game was phenomenal. Uh, it was a toe-tapper finish with Devontae. That was great. Um, and then the week where it all went down, week six, U.S. Bank Stadium, in the second quarter, Aaron Rodgers is rolling out right. He attempts to hand it, pass it to the worst player in Packers history. I don't want to even say his name. Of course, he dropped the pass because he's he's as dumb as a rock. Obviously, Make, he couldn't even catch, pass catch the pass. And then I know. Bar hits Rogers. It's a dirty hit. <clears throat> and these Vikings fans wanted to tell me that it was a clean hit. And Aaron Rodgers is out for the year. And we have to watch. And we're like, man, should we cancel those tickets that we've been waiting for for months to see Aaron Rodgers for a Drew Brees? Me and Big B are both looking forward for months to go to this yeah. seven game. And we see Rodgers go down and we have to witness an atrocious performance, a blown uh, lead at halftime. Uh, from Brett Hundley in his first start. And then the Tundra drumline had to block my chance at a Lambo leap for the tickets that we paid an outrageous amount of money for. And we're just, you know, we can't even get a Lambo leap from Brett Hundley in his terrible performance. He runs one in the Tundra. I don't even have the energy to keep on ranting, but I'm going to sue the Tundra drumline. I got Arby's that day, so I was pretty happy. <laughs> that is... That is that is the perfect response. My mom <laughs> was at the Mexican restaurant across the street. It was a rainy day. 
<laughs> my glasses got all blurry. And the I had more fun when the Saints fan sitting next to me gave me a high five because he he was just a nice guy. So <laughs> oh god. Memories from the 2017 season moving. Then we had a bye week. Um then the next week. Uh, no, you weren't at this game. I was going to say, I think you were, but you know, that would be pretty odd for you to go back to back games. Uh, Actually, Detroit, I did go back to back games at home. You did? Uh, yes. What year? Two years ago. I don't hmm. remember. Yeah. Okay. So Detroit. Oh, okay. This was an away game anyways. Uh, Detroit. Oh, was this? No, because Rogers was starting. This is a 17 to 30 loss to the Lions. Uh, then we still beat the Chicago Bears, even with Brett Hundley on our side. Oh, God. Then this is – this is – oh, man. I don't even want to talk about the 23-0 to zero, um, um, blowout against the Ravens. I mean, I think – That was depressing. That was. I mean, the one – the thing that Brett Hundley – Brett Hundley is an interesting player. Drafted in the fifth round. His injury, you know, he was supposed to go pretty high, and then he had an injury in college, and um, he didn't uh, finish. So, you know, he fell to the Packers. They wanted him as a backup. And look, you know, the interesting I, – I think part of the blame is for Mike McCarthy, who it just seemed like he never adjusted. Maybe if he gave Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, obviously, more than two carries a game – like, I'm not – like, it's just remarkable to me that this team went 7-9. and nine. I mean, I guess the four wins from Aaron Rodgers helps. But, yeah. um, like, and then, you know, we have the game – the overtime win against Tampa Bay. Uh, I, and I think – Jamal Williams carried the team on yeah. his back. Just like Greg game. Jennings and Madden. Um, oh, yeah. The game against Tampa Bay was an interesting one. That was – I mean, uh, Aaron Jones walk off – um touchdown and overtime you had the Brett Hundley throw up in the air that was the worst throw that I've ever seen intercepted why do we remember this don't know why we have says, says a little too much about our life and then we get back-to-back wins folks the one time Brett Hundley got back-to-back wins two overtime wins in a row once against the Buccaneers then against the Cleveland Browns, and this was the original clip that uh, Dare tweeted out, the Devontae Adams walk-off. And again, Jamal Williams carried the team on his back, scoring yep. 14 points to help the Packers win against the worst team in NFL history. Yes, that was the 0-16 Browns, week 14. Oh, and if we're talking about Jamal Williams' involvement with Brett Hundley, we can't overlook his uh, Jamal Williams epic performance uh, week 12 against the Steelers. Didn't he have a, a, a great screen pass that game? Oh, I guess we burned on that. TJ Watt, which is the best part about that. It the all best part. It all. There we go. God, we, we go. dude, what are we doing? What we. We have a sad, sad life. My if God, anybody my. is listening to us recall plays from four years ago thank you i mean this i almost feel you know there's you're kind of ashamed like is this really what i'm doing with my life but at the same time you're like yes yeah i'm finding enjoyment out of it so exactly 
people can judge me, but I'm one of the best Packers fans out there, folks. Um, the, the electric win over Cleveland. Then you got, you know, we pick up two wins. We're getting hyped. Uh, and then Aaron Rodgers returns. I remember he puts in an Instagram post that he's ready to play. Surgery went well, and he's about to play against Carolina. He has an okay game. Still showing some rust. And Geronimo um, Allison. Yeah, Geronimo Allison fumbled or something. Yes, we recover an onside kick. I think I thought we're winning this game. Oh, yeah. We recover the onside. And Geronimo fumbles. That's even worse. That is even worse than Marquez, in my opinion, against the Colts. Um, Geronimo Allison, Packer legend, by the way. Packer legend, even after that fumble. Yes. Um, then, you know, I was – I really – I really wanted us to uh, throw in Rodgers again against the Vikings, um, but another uh, shootout, shutout, whatever the word is for the Vikings, sixteen to nothing, and then a thirty-five to eleven loss. And I was mad that we didn't put Joe Callahan in this game. This was probably Humley's worst. Hey, we performance. did at the end. We did, we did at the like end. two plays from the kneel yes. and like like that was Humley's worst game. I don't know why we didn't, um, you know, put him in, uh, Kellen in earlier. But I mean, look at this. I mean, if we win, if Rodgers beats Carolina and wins one of the two against the Vikings and the Lions, are we in the playoffs? I don't know. I don't have a 2017 playoff picture pulled up for me. But we could have made the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers playing like five games the whole year. Crazy. That would have been lit. And then he goes to win the Super Bowl on like half an elbow. Well, that was an interesting season. That was. Let us know if you have any seasons. I mean, there's not too many that would bring you. I mean, the 2019 season might be fun to look at, but like if we look back to many other seasons, I mean, like 2015, that's too far of a memory for me to have too much remember but the the Detroit Lions the Hail Mary I'll never forget that I'll never forget the touchdown to Janice I'll also never forget the Larry Fitzgerald pitch and sweep uh, yep. still hold anger about that but that's all we got for you today what an episode man what an interesting episode I'm um, yeah exactly we're talking about third round draft wide receivers we're talking about how we're angry about something that happened in 2017 we are dedicated we are the most dedicated packers fans out there in the world uh you know maybe i'm not <laughs> just gonna say maybe that will change when we have to experience uh a decade like the 70s but yeah. we we will uh, appreciate and acknowledge our spoiled uh spoiled uh, experience as a Packers fan with Aaron Rodgers and the greatest quarterback of all time in Jordan Love. Yes. Thanks everybody for watching. Big B, any final words? 2017 was Jamal Williams' year. It sure was. Jamal, you know you're signing that contract right now as we're speaking. Yep. We I, I DM them every day to give me an <laughs> You might have blocked me, but I'm not sure. It's, but I'm getting somewhere. I mean, would it's better than you not doing it. I mean, how can it hurt? Maybe he's just like, dude, I need to get away from this kid. Uh, but we're looking forward to Jamal's next 20 years as a Green Bay Packer.
Thanks everybody so much for watching. Make sure you subscribe to the Underage Packers YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter. Um, and as always, go Pack Go!